Welcome in to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can also catch us, in addition to the Five Reasons Sports Network, on the Nothing But Net cha- channel on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app for free on your phone. Search for Nothing But Net. You'll find us every day, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Plenty of new Heat stories on there, but also on the Marlins, who won their first game today of the playoffs against the Chicago Cubs. Also, Inter-Miami content, the Dolphins, who play the Seahawks this weekend. The Hurricanes are ranked eighth in the country and everything else for free. We do not have a paywall. Also, our YouTube channel, now close to 7,000 subscribers as we speak. Alphonse Sydney is hosting a post-game stream over there. So check that out after you're finished with this one and all of the other original programs on our YouTube channel. Also, all of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, they're all local. They're the reasons that we can provide all of this content to you, and that includes our friends over at Biscayne Bay Brew, the official craft beer of Inner Miami, the Miami Marlins, and Five Reasons Sports Network. This is South Florida's actual independent brewery. Biscayne Bay is owned by local guys who employ people in this community to make their beer right here in South Florida. These guys are committed to our community and to supporting Five Reasons Sports, so we can keep bringing you all the local sports content that you can handle. If you care about supporting local business and drinking amazing beer, grab their stuff, Marlins Lager, Miami Pale Ale, or Tropical Bay IPA at all major retailers throughout South Florida. It's the beer we're drinking at Five Reasons Sports, and we need a few tonight. And now, today's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor. A daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander. Part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. If you hear some background noise here, it's because the game has ended. Game one between the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Heat lose 116-98. to 98. The score is really only part of the story. I'm here in the media section, the upper-level media section, um, not the inside-the-bubble section, but those of us who are Tier 2 are staying outside of the bubble. I just got up here a couple days ago, and I know, Greg Sylvander, that this is my fault because <laughs> the Heat were doing fine until I got here, and then everything has fallen apart. Part, and I'm hearing it on Twitter, but that is the reason uh, for some of the background noise here. So we'll do our best with it. There's really only about, I don't know, 100 people left in this building at this stage um, over at Disney's Wide World of Sports. Greg, let's get right to it. I don't really, I'm, we're going to focus on the game. Obviously, we've got to get to the game, but let's get to the news first. Uh, I believe you reported this first that the Goran Dragic injury, which kept him from starting in the second half, uh, was serious. Uh, we both kind of confirmed what it is or what we believe it is, which is a plantar fascia injury, which is very familiar to Heat fans. If you go all the way back to the Tim Hardaway days, um, what is it that you heard about the injury? Uh, the worst news, um, just in terms of that, it, it sounds like it's something that will um, prevent Goran Dragic from being able to continue in this series. Um, initially, I had heard that it was – uh, a plantar fascia injury that they essentially that something popped and um, they were awaiting results of x-rays MRIs and such and uh, so I, I think that there's a, there's room for this to be potentially an Achilles injury to be to be honest I mean I, I, the intel I got was before any of these tests were being done but all indications are it was something that popped and that's never a good sign and uh, just 
with the run that Gorin has had um, for it to come to this, uh, it's just really, it, it takes the wind out of our sails to a, a large degree. And obviously the Bam Adebayo news was not uh, great either. All right, let's get to that one too. And then we're going to get back to Goran. Um, appear that Bam re-aggravated the shoulder injury that they sort of said he never had, right? <laughs> like, like you know, right? I mean, he, he's had a shoulder problem. Um, they downplayed it quite a bit. We thought it, it could potentially be something else, but uh, which from what you've heard, the, the, the x-rays on it at least were negative, yeah. right? And um, it, it sounds like it was a shoulder strain. So it's essentially something that from, and I'm no doctor, like let's su- be super clear there, but I think it's going to be a pain tolerance thing from, from uh, a playing perspective. So my, I mean, complete just gut reaction and gut feeling here is that he'll probably be able to play. How effective he'll be, that's a big question mark going forward because I think we saw something, and I know we're going to get into the game, so I won't spend too much time at this moment, but the the, the Lakers kind of beat the heat up tonight, and yeah. um, unfortunately uh, it's resulted in two of their top three players, um, you know, going out with injury. Yeah. So uh, and- Spo, Spo just said on the call right now that they're going to reevaluate tomorrow. They didn't really give anything up. Okay. Okay. I'm not surprised. And Alex again. But that does confirm that there's nothing, uh, nothing too bad, right? Well, I mean, it's, they're not going to confirm anything tonight anyway. I mean, that's that they never do. So, you know, whether it's, whether it's plantar fascia, whether it's Achilles, I hope it's plantar fascia. I mean, at least plantar fascia injury, you know, for Goran's sake, and there's other things to consider here. One, he was having a tremendous season. We all, love Goran. I mean, just in terms of what he brings to the organization, but just the person he is, he was so happy about getting to the finals. It's just it's horrible. I mean, no it, other way to put it. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, I, I mean, you think about, you know, what's happened in the finals, even last year, right. I mean, with Golden State not being whole, you know, Clay's injury, K- KD's injury. I mean, you just want to be able to get through a finals where everybody's relatively healthy. You go all the way back to, to Riley's teams, you know, against the Pistons, the year that, you know, he lost both Magic Johnson and Byron Scott to hamstring injuries and they got swept. You just, you just don't like to see this in the finals and, and particularly with someone of the quality, the character of Goran Dragic. Um, it's terrible. And, and then there's the other factor too, is he's a free agent, you know, and in some ways we'll do this more on a future episode, but if it is something like an Achilles, okay, hopefully it's not an Achilles. Hopefully it is just plantar fasciitis, which is not a fun thing to deal with, but at least it's not, debilitating as long as you handle it correctly we remember uh Udonis Haslam had some foot injuries that weren't really handled correctly and it hurt him the rest of his career but as long as it's handled correctly you know he'll be back and in some ways you know it may actually keep him in Miami (laughs) you know because if he's not going to enter free agency as a healthy player but it's the whole thing is just is just totally sad. So, um, you know, hopefully, again, it's not something that's going to keep him out weeks or months, but it does appear that it's going to keep him out for the rest of the series. And so the only positive tonight, uh, really, that I could even think of was Kendrick Nunn found some rhythm in the second half, and it was good to see him play well. And he'll obviously start in the next game, whether the Heat say it right now or not. But this isn't the way you wanted to go about it. All right, let's get to the game to and because we do have to memorialize it in some way they started a 25 12 alex <laughs> i mean they, they jumped out of the gate jimmy butler was great in the first few minutes he was attacking whereas lebron was sort of feeling the game out you know jimmy went right at them he was going right at their bigs dwight howard was uh you know entirely i, I thought useless on the court early in the game and then all of a sudden it flipped and 
a couple of numbers that just jumped off the page. At one point, they were outscored 75 to 30 in this game after the 25 to 12. And at one point, Iguodala and Hero both had negatives in the 30s. Now, I think Tyler ended up, it got a little better because Kendrick covered them. But I thought the bench would be a strength. I thought if the Heat, you know, just matched the, the, the Lakers starting lineup. In fact, they outplayed their starting lineup through the first six minutes. And then it all fell apart. Why? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, right? Like, I think, honestly, we just saw a lot of the, of the same stuff happening over and over again. I don't remember particularly what led to that run in the second quarter, but I just think overall throughout the whole game, like, I, I, the game plan was there, right? Like, it was clear that the Heat were going to allow threes, and, and we saw a lot of open threes. I, I just was not really particularly – happy with the defensive intensity and the way they executed, right? Like you could tell that they were trying to keep them out of the paint. I just thought that it was too many times where they allowed the switches and the Lakers were just kind of mismatch hunting over and over and over again without any resistance from the heat. Like I, I just, I know it sounds too simplified. I'm not trying to act like, you know, I know better than team or anything. I, I You just can't let Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero guard LeBron one-on-one that many times. Like it's okay if sometimes you can't hedge and recover uh, every now and then, but it's just over and over again. And then, obviously, we knew the offensive rebounds were going to happen. We knew that the Lakers were in protection is every bit elite as any other team, specifically, uh, you know, that the, the, the Heat got the Bucks in the second round, which is just as elite in rim protection. The difference here is that the Lakers also have size at the three as well. So it's, like, even tougher to get to the rim, even tougher to get some of those actions off. And then you also have KCP and Danny Green as a pretty lengthy starting back core. I think it really gave the Heat a lot of problems on offense because it wasn't just defense tonight. I think they got outplayed on – both ends of the court and after the first quarter, because I was really happy with that first quarter and, yeah. and their effort there. I think that first quarter was great. I, I was feeling really good after that. But the second quarter and on uh, made me a little bit sick to my stomach uh, just because it was so many threes. And, and we know everyone's going to say that it's unsustainable. And that's obviously true. It, it was the other parts that, that concerned me a little bit. I, I, I trust that they're going to fix that stuff. It's, and it's just going to be really hard going forward without Goron. Yeah, I mean – one of the biggest things is uh, the way that they started the game. I actually didn't mind when Spolstra tried to uh, go smaller than everybody maybe anticipated. I thought that it was, it was an interesting chess move and considering the way that they started playing in that game, I thought it was, it was relevant to give it a shot, but it was pretty apparent early on. And Ethan, you tweeted early, um, you know, before pregame that, that the one strength Miami had was the bench um, or it may have yeah. been during the game and, yeah. and LeBron sat, which I thought was a really, um, and they said it on the broadcast, it was a gutsy move to sit him when they were down. And that would have been a moment where Miami should have built upon or at least sustain the lead that they had. And the bench just didn't play well for all of the hero shots. Um, when he first got in the game that uh, kind of were swishing and hitting the bottom of the net and the, and the three in the corner, he was kind of not taking care of the ball and he just looked a little unsure of himself. He made some um, weird kind of mistakes that just didn't look like himself. And th- this is just a prime example of when you get to the finals and you're playing against two of the top five players in the league, if the role players come to play, you literally have to play close to a perfect game. And just yeah. my, it just, the stars didn't align to do that tonight. Yeah. It felt to me, a couple of things happened there. One thing, they started turning the ball over. They got sloppy with the ball. They were a disaster in transition. That was the biggest thing. Um, that was the whole they, they, biggest they, thing they, to this game. 
they, they were just a disaster transit. And then, you know, the, then the other thing was when, when they started making those threes, I thought then the heat overcompensated for it. You know, the game plan was to give them those threes, but as you tweeted, Alex, and we talked about when the Kai, not the corner threes. And, you know, they started to make some of the corner threes and they started to make some of them up top. That's a problem because uh, the two Miami three was, is specifically, you know, attacked by corner threes and you know getting getting the middle as we know but if the middle isn't available to score the corner three almost is because the corner man came to help in the middle so even when they're not running they were giving up the corner threes when they weren't running zone so it's like if we're just gonna keep seeing corner three after corner three that game plan becomes a little bit tougher to execute i think spo is gonna try to figure some way out to kind of limit those a little bit but but the thing is, you know, it's going to become challenging now because, I mean, now he's got none in the lineup. And, we'll, we'll, you know what, I want to save it for the second part of the episode, kind of where they go from there. Um, because I actually thought one of, the, one of the players that was actually doing a pretty decent job in terms of doubling early in the game was Trogic. Uh, and, and it looked like the way that they were playing LeBron early, um, you know, Jimmy was playing him early. Iguodala obviously got some reps when he came in. You know, Crowder got a few reps. They zoned up on a couple possessions. I thought that the mix on LeBron was pretty good. Like it took him a little bit of time to kind of figure things out, but we talked about the Anthony Davis problem. And even before the BAM injury and BAM going out, you know, there's just, and, and even though the fact that Dwight was ineffective and JaVale McGee didn't play and they actually gave those minutes to Morris, BAM looked I, like the size it's one of the few times this year, the size bothered him. Yeah. Um, it, you know, he, he wasn't able to finish in there. Um, he looked small and, and, and he hasn't looked like that. He didn't look like that against Boston. He looked like that in here. And then, you know, then you've got this kind of push pull. Okay. So do you play Olenek? And, you know, they didn't go to Olenek until pretty much everything was over with and bam, you know, was out of there, but I don't know how you can play, have Jay Crowder. I love Jay and his, I love his competitiveness, but how, how can you have Jay Crowder um, at his size trying to guard Anthony Davis for oh, consistent even, minutes. It's, it's just not fair. He did do the same thing versus Giannis. It was a similar size. I guess here the difference is that AD can just kind of go up and shoot right over you yeah. in the mid-range. And, and, and I know, of course, it's different. And we know that Spo knows this, and we know that they, you know, recognize the team that they're, play, uh, that they're facing and that AD really likes to work from the mid-post. And I just think you saw a lot of that, right, where, like, they would try to send a second man if there was a mismatch, and then they, for some reason they just went away from it. Like, if you're not going to hedge and recover, at least send a second man. And I don't know. Uh, I just think the Anthony Davis thing is going to require a consistent defensive game plan. Same thing with LeBron. I just think you cannot give them what they want every single possession like that. And the, the Bam thing, I, he obviously had a, a, a very bad game. I don't think, uh, first of all, on offense, they're kind of, the Lakers are giving, are playing drops. So he's kind of getting all those little floaters and stuff, which he can make. We've seen him hit those push shots, but he just had no rhythm going tonight whatsoever. And I think Bam is, when it comes to his touch, it is kind of a rhythm thing. And he couldn't even get a rhythm going as far as uh, creating for others. I just think the Lakers completely took him out of their actions. And the Heat kind of just punted midway as far as – and obviously the injuries completely uh, took away the chances of any comeback. But as far as I'm concerned, that effort completely went away after they really got punched back. Yeah. I mean, they were out-rebounded 54-36. to 36. There were four, four Lakers mm -hmm. players that would have been the highest rebounding total 
on the on the Heat. And you know, the Heat's bigs, the Heat's bigs are not their rebounding strength. Like that they've been in the games that they are a good rebounding team. Obviously, Bam Adebayo's leading the charge, but they've kind of relied on players like Jimmy and Jay and Tyler Hero and Iguodala rebounding bigger than their size would indicate. And this is just the one team when you look at the way that they match up that you don't have the type of advantages where these guys can play bigger than their size because the guys that they're guarding are literally seven footers with gigantic wingspans. So it's just, it's just a tough mix. And you would hope that you could play your contrast and styles and mitigate some of that and offset it. But on a night like tonight, it just wasn't happening. They need to outshoot those guys. Yeah. And they need to play the bigs off the floor. And that's what Spoh's talking about when when he had that first quarter, the, the interview after the first quarter talking about the stylistic battle. And that, that's kind of what he's referring to. If they're not making their threes and making their bigs pay for being on the floor, making them either defend in space or having to defend a dribble handoff or some other perimeter action like that, then the Heat are just – the Lakers are going to keep playing their bigs and they're going to keep out-rebounding you. And I just think that's kind of probably the key to this whole series is how often can you play a big off the court? Because once AD matches up at the five, it obviously makes it easier for him to score. Uh, if you're just talking about having a, an open lane and shooters around you, but that does give the Heat the option to defend. Uh. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Him with Bam. So I just think they need to be able to hit those threes when the Lakers are playing their extra big and and get that big off the floor. Because if the Lakers can just play their big whenever they want and feel good about it, it's tough, man. Like the the Heat are not able to really get that, uh, get going, creating any points at the rim, whether with Jimmy or Goran or Bam, they're all, they all had a really tough time scoring there. And so I think the shooting needs to come first for everything else to come. Yeah, but you know, I, I think I think Greg hit on it here. I, I don't think that the big problem is the other bigs along with Anthony Davis. I, I think the big problem is that their perimeters are big. I, I, I think <laughs> I, I think that's what they're running up against because against yeah, the these other team teams the, the team is huge. I mean these against these other teams in the backcourt you could exploit, okay, the, the Oladipo Brogdon backcourt. You could exploit, uh, you know, you know, Wanamaker. Except, I mean, when these guys, but, but, I mean, really, I mean, even Rondo's got some length. Like they just, they're, they're long, they're, they're big. Um, you know, in Danny Green's case, he's experienced and it just makes it challenging for them. And, and, you know, again, I, and I want to touch on, before we go to break, the one guy I do want to touch on a little bit is, you know, I thought they got the right Jimmy game today from oh, yeah. the start. I mean, he got taken he got taken out of it because the thing, thing got away. But if you look at even the final tally on him, his plus minus today, he was a minus 14 because it fell apart in the second half. But there was a point he was still a plus four when they were down 20. I mean, he, they, they got murdered in the in the in the in the minutes he wasn't playing in the first half. Like they went through that stretch and there was a lot of Iguodala bringing the ball up the court. Um, I, I look, the other thing is the problem is too, when you take Bam off the floor, I just hate the no big lineup. I mean, if you don't want to play Bam with a Linux, that's one thing. And we've talked about that, but this idea that you're going to play Solomon Hill at the five, I mean, I mean, yeah. and, it's getting a little and, cute. And, and the, 
it's it's too cute. And the Solomon Hill minutes today, and, and I don't I don't want to pick on him, okay, because I, I you know he ended up a plus three, which is just insane to me because the way that they were playing him, I mean LeBron was just playing free safety. Like he wasn't even he wasn't at LeBron. LeBron I was happen, like, okay, man. LeBron's the same thing with Derrick Jones Jr. I think they just have Solomon well, that, out there because of his size and some another body that you can help throw on there. But that's the problem. You can't though, throw Derrick though. That's the thing. I mean, no, that one on one that Derrick had with LeBron there, and he just had a stretch of guarding him one on one. I felt so bad for him. Just like he is, no, he, there is nothing he can do to LeBron. Nothing. Well, see, that's some of the things that have happened though during the playoffs is that we've we've gotten more information on guys now. And some of the questions that we had coming into the postseason, is Derek Jones Jr. a guy you're going to re-sign? Well, I don't know that that has to do with the series, though. No, but, but it's – I mean, how many series has he contributed in now, Alex? We're, I mean, we're the fourth series. Like, well, we, I mean, they did just win a series playing zone. You, you definitely are not – and not that we should, we should definitely digress, but um, you're not going to give him a four-year deal if somebody's offering a mid-level oh, money yeah. on that. Yeah, but, definitely not. You know. That's a conversation for another day. <laughs> it's it's a conversation there, for another day. The fact that they were even talking about like Solomon Hill and Kelly Olynyk and Derek Jones Jr. and, and their I, contributions, I like it really isn't on them. Like it's, it's on the core guys to do what they do. And that's what they got here. The only one that really came to play and, and, or as far as actually played well was Jimmy. Like I well, Duncan, Duncan was well, Alex. Duncan, Duncan was over three from three with no that's other. That's what I'm talking about. Duncan didn't um, contribute. Hero, I, I mean, Hero got got hot and. and I like what I see from him as far as the way that he attacks, but he, he just didn't uh, have a good, a good game early on. Like, I think everybody else that's a part of that core that got them here didn't contribute other than Jimmy. I didn't – obviously don't think Bam had a great game at all. I just think to, tonight everything went wrong. And, and specifically, the most important things that led to this – the turnovers and we, the rebounds are going to come regardless. It's about just limiting them as much as you well, can. You, you, well, well you know, you know what's crazy though? Transition every time, like call it, call the series. You know what I'm saying? Like you cannot let them get out and transition as much as you did. That's the, that has to be the biggest thing, but it's obviously easy, easier said than done versus this team because of the amount of size that they offer. It's just well, like so many problems. Can, well, can I offer you a couple of numbers here before we go to break? Um, the turnovers looked bad to me too. They only turned it over eight times tonight. I, yep. I, oh my I'm, god i'm i'm, I'm how did they get into disparity. transition that many times like they were in transition I, like 30 times <laughs> well i mean with rebounds i guess i mean long rebounds because because it was not it was not the turnovers and the other stat the transition is the problem <laughs> but but this stat just jumps off the page to me how the hell was tyler hero minus 35 and 30 minutes i mean they lost the game by 18 okay i know iguodala and crowder <laughs> had big negative numbers too but minus 35 in 30 minutes when you scored, yeah. he scored 14. He so was he part was, of that entire blitz and then they couldn't bring Gorn back in. So he basically had to just kind of weather that entire storm. And Woj just tweeted that Miami has suffered a torn plantar fascia. Um, and oh, that yeah. is now official shams so, just uh, followed so. it up. But the, the other thing that I want to mention is that uh, the free throw shooting, I mean, they out, they made 14 more free throws and the game was an 18 point loss. Huge. So I, so, I mean, like, that's another big thing. And I know that Vogel talked about the heat getting to the free throw line, but this was the complete opposite. And uh, it's just another example of them just being more physical and yep. kind of bullying the heat. And, and that's just not – the only way they're going to beat that is by hitting an abnormal amount of threes. Like, you know, literally uh, when you see L.A. hitting 15 threes in a game, Miami's going to have to hit like 22 or something like that in order to offset that kind of rebounding disparity and free, throw ma free throws made disparity. Yeah, they need those free throws 100%. If they're, they need to generate as many free throws as they can, I think you're going to see a lot of Jimmy and Bam attacking the paint, even 
even if it isn't necessarily uh, advantageous, if he's just kind of attacking one-on-one and there's somebody else waiting in the back line, I think you're going to see them go more for those calls because even if they're not able to get up a good shot there, they just they need those free throws. They need those free throws. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to where they go from here after this. So, but again, uh, ESPN and the Athletic just confirmed our report. Of course, without uh, actually attributing it to our report, but we're used to that. So anyway, we'll we'll, we'll move on for that. Uh, what should every business professional learn from Miami Heat culture on the good nights? That discipline, preparation, full-time maximum effort, and persevering, no matter how difficult the task, well, that's appropriate now, are the pillars of success. When you hire Eric Brown, the official realtor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, you've engaged a professional who admires and embraces those principles. With several years of experience representing clients that include celebrities, executives, and professional athletes, as well as first-time homebuyers, uniquely combined with a business school education and a mindset like that defining heat culture, Eric Brown provides an unmatched level of service. So if you're considering selling a home or buying a home in South Florida, or just want to know what your property is worth contact eric at 305-967-9089 305-967-9089 or go to five reasons spell it out f-i-v-e reasons find out how his specialized professional business approach provides real value for you eric brown at five reasons the official realtor of the five reasons sports network. All right, let's put a bow on this one. Um, now that we know Dragic is going to be out for the series, which is what we assume when we started this episode, now that we know that Kendrick Nunn uh, played well, found a little bit of rhythm, can we assume Kendrick Nunn's going to start game two? No, I actually think um, that Tyler Hero is going to be thrust into that starting mm-hmm. spot, and they're going to essentially view this as, I mean, I think there's a couple things to say here. One is that um, as much as I want to be the person shouting from the rooftops that it's the next man up in the NBA finals against the LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Lakers bunch, it's tough to envision a way of gutting out this series without Dragic at this point. So now I'm kind of looking at it as let's give Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn will get his minutes too, but let's give Tyler Hero center stage as a starter in the finals and get these experiences and essentially uh, have Nunn play a huge primary role as a scorer off the bench but I would expect Hero to be thrust into the starting lineup but that's just you know my uh, gut prediction. Alex you think so? Yeah I wouldn't be surprised I think just when you're on the ropes like this their best option is to put Hero in there who's clearly just a better player than none at this point. None is definitely going to play a lot more now than I think we would have seen uh, before the series. I don't I mean I wouldn't have hated him playing uh, regardless because they do deploy a drop a lot of times and even if they do have size you just need the jumpers so badly but uh, they're definitely going to need him to start hitting those jumpers right now. He needs to get it back into rhythm right now if they want a shot at, uh, at the Lakers. What would be the one adjustment uh, each of you guys and then we'll close this thing. What would be the one adjustment that, that each of you would make? Again, understanding the current circumstances uh, for game two. What, Alex, what would be the one thing you would do? Just oh, one. that's easy. Easy. Just the, the, the stuff with the switches. I mean, honestly, it has to do with the general defensive game plan, but the, the most important one to me was not allowing the, those switches. And obviously, I just think in general, they didn't execute their defensive game plan, uh, you know, throughout the whole game. I think they did a pretty good job in the first quarter of, you know, kind of doing what they're supposed to, even if the threes were falling. But after that, it fell off a cliff. So I just think that the defense and specifically those switches are, are I think, were the worst thing that they got to fix immediately. 
Gosh, there was so much to fix that it's tough to just narrow it down to one thing, but I'm going to kind of come out of left field with this. I think they actually need to give Myers Leonard a shot here. I think that his size and his strength and his ability to just uh, literally put a body on somebody is something that they're going to need, the physical play. Um, and then you just hope that maybe he can find a touch from, from long range. Uh, you know, my inclination is to say try Olenek first, but Olenek doesn't bring some of the physical characteristics that Myers Leonard does. And I know it sounds weird to just parachute a guy into the NBA finals, but at this point, I think you're going to, you're, you're one big short as it is. Bam is now banged up. I think you're going to need a little bit more muscle in the lineup and I just don't see where else you go other than Myers Leonard. It's so yeah. tough, man. Like, I thought Kelly looked so bad. I, I, I really don't think uh, he has looked that great in the last couple of rounds. But if he's not out there, like, running dribble handoff stuff, if they're not running offense through him, which I've always been a fan of, I, I really like the bench lineup that they had going there where he was kind of serving as, as, as like, a semi-bam role where he would come off the bench and run that same offense. But they're not doing that so much now. I, and – I don't like it when he's just that spot up guy. And like uh, Leif said, he doesn't, you know, really bring you the other stuff, the physical stuff that comes with being a big. We've always known that doesn't bring the defense, the rebounding. Sometimes he's been better than others. But when you're on this stage and you're playing against, you know, two elite players like that, and they, they're just so big, Kelly gets exposed even more. The problem is, I don't know if Myers is going to help with the rebounding either. I do tend to agree that he's probably a little bit better at it than Kelly. He does have longer arms, a little bit stronger. It's just tough because now without Goran, you would want a little bit more playmaking from Kelly and a little bit more shooting from him. <laughs> so it's like it's not an easy position that they've been put in. I tend to agree that Hero's going to start now that I think about it. Um, I don't know that you'll see much of Myers-Leonard. Maybe a, a little stint here or there. Um, I, I think it's so difficult to see where they go now because I, I actually thought their game plan on LeBron was okay. I understand about the switching, but – I mean, they really didn't let him get off early, but I just, I just don't know what the answer is with AD. And I thought that Goran in this series was a huge X factor. In fact, Greg, you thought he'd be potentially, if the Heat won, could be the MVP of this series for the Heat. He just, yeah. and, and in fact, I, you know, one of the things I tweeted at halftime, one of the things I tweeted at halftime before I kind of realized, you know, about the injury was, you know, that I thought that he was getting to some things in the first half that he could exploit. And of course, they never got there. Um, it's demoralizing. Obviously, we saw what happened last year with Golden State, and I've mentioned other series that this has happened with. Miami's been through a ton of adversity, obviously, over the course of the year, and this organization has, has gone through a lot of adversity, and Jimmy's not going to let them you know, get their heads down, UD, Iguodala, etc. But the task was so big to begin with, and now you've taken away not only a guy who in a lot of ways has been your offensive engine in the postseason, but also was so well-liked on that team. It's yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be a rough well, rough rough uh, forty eight hours, and it's gonna be a rough 40, 48 hours for me also because uh, the tweets keep coming in. There's a petition. They're starting a GoFundMe to get me out of the bubble. Oh um, gosh, that's ridiculous. Oh, but get it out of here. A man. quick update: Wo Woj has said that uh, Goran Dragic has not ruled out playing in this series because he is oh, able wow. to put some weight on um, mm. his uh, put some pressure on the left foot. But uh, and Bobby Marks followed it up by saying that Joe Johnson had a similar injury yes. in a playoff series and uh, essentially got um, injections before each game in order to play. Oh, and yeah. um, and he wasn't. And Goran Dragic ed exited the arena without utilizing a boot, and he wasn't favoring his foot much at all. That's from Chris Haynes. So oh. who knows? May maybe I'm. May maybe I was wrong. It's just the 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 
the magnitude of the injury when I was initially told it was said that he was essentially done. And then, you know, when you connect the dots on free agency, it just, it felt like he, from everything I was told that he wasn't going to play, but Dragic is a tough son of a B. So no, um, he'll try to say. play. He'll, he'll try to play if he can, but plantar fasciitis. I, I just have so much experience covering this particular injury because so many heat players over the years have had it. And, and the Hardaway thing was like a six-month saga going back to the late 90s. Like, and I know treatments are different today, but the whole thing with plantar fasciitis is it only gets better when you pop it. Now, the question is if he popped it tonight, you know, but, the, but there's also a time that you typically are out after that. But then it, it does start to heal. And that was the big issue. Like Hardaway for that whole year, he couldn't get it to pop. And so he was just playing with this nagging pain the entire year and it would shut him down for a couple games then he'd play then it shut it down I mean Goran will try to give it a go I'm sure I mean maybe they can limit his minutes maybe you could start hero bring Goran off the bench and just kind of see how it goes um, but they're not going to give a lot of information tomorrow you can be sure of that and and uh, we'll have to see for game two all right uh, follow the stream if you want Alphonse Sydney's over there with a bunch of the rest of our crew we did put up a bunch of podcasts today that uh, I think you still find interesting also check out fivereasonsports.com I'm not leaving the bubble I'm going to be here for game two I apologize um, hopefully uh, Jimmy and that was the other thing we didn't even talk about that Jimmy rolled his ankle tonight, too. I, I wonder tomorrow how that's going to feel. I mean, he, he was left right in front of me here on the court. I put the video up on, on Twitter, just left on the court writhing in pain, and then he had to hobble back to the huddle at the timeout, and he ended up coming back and playing. So we'll see if that gets worse no. uh, between the two games. You know it was hurting when he didn't uh, come back into the game earlier in that I don't know, it was the fourth quarter when they kind of started bringing the lead back down, and it was kind of like, oh, you know, they're down 15. It's technically not over yet. Maybe they could come back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's uh, they're definitely you know, holding him out for, for the betterment in him. Yeah, but we'll see uh, how he goes. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat have sort of a light workout tomorrow instead of a, a full practice, and then, and then they're going to play here uh, again um, on uh, – what is today even? Wednesday. They're going to play again on Friday. Uh, and then game three on Sunday at 7.30. All right, check out all of our content, 5reasonsports.com. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Hopefully we'll have a better outcome for you in game two. I apologize for my presence. Have a good night. All right, uh, hold on. I go on shit, really. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor.